Welcome to Global Truth Center. So, change. I'm going to give a talk on change. How much how many talks have you heard given on change? How many times have you heard people talk about change is inevitable? Change is the only thing that ever happens, the only thing you can depend on. Change is important to so many things about change that we have heard over and over and over again. I'm going to go a little bit of a different in a different direction with this concept. But I want to start with the lyric. Um, this song starts with a lyric that when this song was sent to me by one of you guys out there, um, then I asked Delaney to learn it. The first line took me by surprise. If you knew that you would die today, would you change? You know, and I, and I thought about my daughter the day of her car accident, and I thought about what a difficult afternoon she had that day, and a lot of tears and a lot of angst about things in her life. And when I heard this, when I read, heard this lyrics the first time, if you knew that was going to be your last day, would all that angst have meant anything? And it would have been very easy for me to go to a place of sadness, thinking, why, why would, would all that have to be there if this is going to be your last day? But ultimately, I didn't go there. Because I realized, yeah, would I change? Would I change what I did that last day if I knew it was my last day? My answer is no, really. Because it's not my last day. If I'm going to die today, it doesn't mean I'm done. It just means I've moved on, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? It doesn't mean that everything that happened that day, I should have done it differently because it was my last day. We still live with this concept that this is what's real. And that when this is gone, it's just all gone. I don't believe that myself. And I believe that I've been here many, 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 many times before. And I'll be here many, many times after. So, no, whatever happens today happens today because it needed to happen today. I needed to process it or process it. So, it's pretty provocative to start a song with, if you knew you were going to die today, would you change? But it's Tracy Chapman. So, she's pretty provocative to begin with. And then she says, how bad, how good does it need to get? How many losses, how much regret for you to change? So my question to you today to start with is, what makes you change? What happens in your life where suddenly you think you need to change something? Do you really have to wait till it gets really awful before you make a change? Do you really have to wait until there seems like there's nothing else I can possibly do but change? I'd like to say I hope not. And I like the ending of this, this the lyric when she says, or it's actually in the beginning and the ending, it bookends it. If you saw the face of God and love, would you change? Well, that's my favorite line in the song. If you saw the face of God and love, would you change? And my answer to that is damn yes. Yes. Because if I saw the face of God, I would see myself. And I would not see myself as less than, as diminished, as competitive, as comparison, 
comparison, as comparing myself, that works, comparison, to other people or other things. If I saw the face of God, I would recognize it as me. And that would change a lot of things. It would change the face of this world if everyone looked in the mirror and saw God. It would change the face of the world if everywhere we looked, we saw God. I know that there's a lot going on in this world today where we can point to people and we are not pointing at God. We are pointing at our reaction to something that expression of God did that we're not happy with. Yet what if we took that same finger and pointed to that person and saw God first and then understood they perhaps aren't living up to a level of God that would be better for them in terms of their own happiness? What if that's how we saw it? What if we saw the face of God and love everywhere we looked? Would it change us? Would life change? Yes, it would, and that is what love only means. So the title of my talk today is Willing to Change. And I want you to look at this picture because I thought Alex did an especially great job this week because it's not easy to be this person. I have been this person my whole life. I can tell you it's not easy to be this person that consistently hears what everyone is saying and says, well, like my nephew, not today, not for me. That doesn't work for me. You all believe this, and I'm supposed to believe it, even in my family. My family all believed this, but I didn't. So I'm over here saying, I actually think it's this way. But everybody's going that way. How hard is it for you to change in the face of race consciousness? Right now, we are living in a culture and a climate of right and wrong. Over here, they're wrong. Over here, they're wrong. And there's no right. As Ernest Holmes says when he says, show me a man who is for something and against nothing, most people today that I talk to, that I see in the world, they are not for anything. They're just against this. And I'm against that. So where's the change that needs to come? This person who's willing to, and I want you to see what he's looking at. He's looking at this amazing rose this beauty. He's looking at nature, perfection. And it reminds me of that day. It does bring tear, tears to my eyes. That day when I was in the kitchen and Nora was outside screaming, you got to come here, see this. And, and I was like, I'm doing something. And she's like. And so I came out and there she was standing at this little vine we had over the pool equipment. And she was like, look at that. And I was like, oh yeah, it's a flower. And she goes, no, it wasn't here yesterday. And she was like so freaking amazed that that flower wasn't here yesterday. And I was like, yeah, it's a flower. It grew here. It was, well, I know it wasn't here yesterday. Yeah. But that's not my reaction that day because I was watching that face, this face, turn away from everything that was going on in our yard and in our house and just go, look at this. Show me a man who is for something. Nothing else mattered to her that day. This wasn't here yesterday. So you're not going to ever find the thing that wasn't here yesterday when all you're looking at is yesterday. You're just going to find yesterday. Here, today. And it's going to continue to stay that way until you're willing to look. And that's why the title of my talk is Willing to Change. 
You have to be willing to change for it to change. That means you have to put your effort into it. You have to put your consciousness into it. And it's not about becoming different. Now, here's the thing. In the dictionary, it says, what is change? And it says, becoming different. It's not about becoming different. Um, For me, it's not about changing into something different than myself. I don't need to reinvent myself. I don't need to rebuild myself in a better fashion. I don't need to turn into something else. I don't need to change into someone else. But you know what I do need to change? I need to change back to who I have always been. And that's the change I want to talk about today. I think we have all created versions of ourselves that fit in, that fit right in with this crowd here. And I think it's time for us to turn around, like in that picture, turn back around and see the truth. Because I think the change that needs to happen is the changing back to our authentic selves, to who we were brought here to be, to the truthful person we are, to that thing inside that is so authentic. You know when you're off principle. You know when you are making words and making noises that just aren't helpful. Anybody? Where you just suddenly get caught in this thing and you're like, I was reading a blog yesterday on CPR and this this, uh, woman was saying that she suddenly got all complainy one day and it felt so awful inside because it's not the truth. It's not who we are. So what I'm going to suggest today, instead of um, the idea of being reborn, doing an overhaul and changing yourself, You don't need to change a thing, but you do need to be able to look in the mirror and see the face of God. That means you've changed back to your truth. You've actually gone back to who you truly are. And no success, no achievement, no change in your financial status, no change in your relationship status, none of that change affects anything when you are standing in the truth of who you are. That's what we need to be doing, changing back. Albert Einstein said this, the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. The measure of intelligence is the ability to change. For me, you know, change your thinking, change your life. That's true, it's a very cool slogan. It's gotten a lot of attention for the new thoughters. Change your thinking, change your life. But it's not about changing your thinking because as you all know, you can't just change your thinking. You can't change your thinking until you change the belief that causes the thief, to, the thought to show up. The thief, <laughs> the thought to show up. Good slip, right? So you can't really change your thinking until you change your beliefs. And here's the thing about your beliefs. You're not even your beliefs. Your beliefs are just driving your life. You are the believer behind the belief. So ultimately, you don't have to even believe what you believe. You don't even have to believe in yourself in terms of what you believe. You have to be able to look in the mirror and see the face of God and get behind all of it. And that takes some doing. That takes a willingness to change back into who you have always been. And it really does take a willingness. I read another blog on CPR 
from someone who I admire very much and respect a great deal, who just came right out and said, this is what I've been thinking and this is not working for me and blah, 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 blah. And it was just, yes, that's how we do it. There's a line in here about, if all of your, I'm gonna paraphrase, if everything that you thought was making you unhappy, would you change those thoughts? Well, guess what? Some of us, the answer is no. I'm comfortable with these thoughts. They're logical. They make sense. Donald Trump is in the White House. I get to feel the way I feel about that on either side. And yet, that's just a fact, a fact that will be gone either in a few months or or a number of years. They're just facts. They fade away. The truth is, who's doing the thinking? You know, it's not about our reactions. It's about what's causing those reactions. And if we change back into who we truly are, I guarantee you, most of your reactions are going to change along with it. Change your thinking, change your life. Change your beliefs, change your life. Change your understanding of who you are, remember who you are, and everything changes. I guarantee you, everything changes when you remember who you are because you start looking at everything from a different set of eyes, a spiritually logical set of eyes. Suddenly, I don't care who's in the White House. Life is going to unfold perfectly. I'll vote my heart, and whatever happens is still the forward momentum of life. Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies the other day. The world went into shock. The Democrats went into hysteria. Republicans went into a party mode. And then there were people in the middle that were like, what? It doesn't change anything. It really doesn't. Because life's going to unfold perfectly. Whether we like what we see or not, the way I get rid of in the song says, all of those thoughts that are making me unhappy, I don't have to change the thoughts. I have to change back to the truth. That's what what Ernest Holmes meant when he said, never step off principle, even on special occasions, like the death of a beloved Supreme Court justice, or like an election. Never step off principle. Be willing to stand in your truth and not think the truth is out here because the truth is in here. The truth out there is relative and it's only out there because we have used conscious mind, race consciousness, to create the world we live in right now. So you can spend your waking hours figuring out how to change this world you live in or you can just spend the time knowing how to change this world you live in because you live in your mind at all times, regardless. So, I have some thoughts for you this week. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert said, don't let rejection change you. The founder of Starbucks was turned down by 217 of the 242 investors he initially spoke with. And the reason I bring that up is because when I asked you earlier, what changes you? One of the things that change people is rejection. It changes them. You start to be rejected, it changes the way you approach things. When suddenly somebody doesn't love you, it changes. I'm unlovable. It changes you. And if you look at your life, and that's what I would like to ask you to do. I'd like you this week, look at your life. Notice the things in life that have changed you. What has changed you? 
And then you need to ask yourself, if this has changed me, would I choose to be changed by this if I actually had a choice? Because you do. First of all, you do have a choice. But if this changed you, is it a change you wanted? Is it a change, like in the song, that's going to make you happy? Is it a change for good? I love the end of Wicked when they sing, I have been changed for good. It doesn't mean for always. Stephen didn't, he, he said it was obviously both. But what he really meant was, I have been changed back into the good that I always have been. That's the changed back into the good that you have always been. So I want you to spend some time this week. Give yourself an opportunity. Ask yourself, what has changed me over the course of my life? Who was I before that change occurred? Spend time meditating on yourself this week. Try to get back in touch with who you really are, who you innately are, who none of this stuff affects. Before any of it happened or happens or continues to happen, who am I? And that's a good thing to ask too. Who am I before I open my mouth and speak? Who am I before I react to this new information? If I am God, what am I complaining about? Why am I kvetching? What is going on? I've forgotten who I am, apparently. So first find out what has changed you in your life and then ask yourself, is this a change I want? Was it for good for me to go back to my good? And here's the thing, you can do it. You just have to be willing to do it. So there you go. Notice the things in life that have changed you. Ask yourself, would I choose this change if I had a choice? Who was I before this change occurred? And then spend some time changing back to who you were. I want to leave you with a little story. Um, my favorite acting role that I've ever played, I bet my husband knows this. Do you know what it was? Kevin? Yeah, my favorite acting role I've ever played. Oh, God, no. No. Oh, my God. That's three. You're out. Strike three. You're out. He said hired man. That was the biggest role I ever played because it was like Les Miserables for the Irish. Um, it was. It, it was a three-hour musical. I went from eight, where? North Cumbria. Well, isn't that Ireland, Scotland? Whatever, they taught me the accent. I just did it. Um, and then he said, Jesus, that was a fun role. Candide, yeah, it's okay. No, um, the favorite, favorite role I've ever played was Paul in Carnival. And, you know, I asked you to, um, who was I before this thing changed me? As an actor, you get to step into a role and play that role. You get to inhabit that role, embody that role. Ernest Holmes in the textbook calls us all actors. He says, you are the actor. Meaning, you are the individual who's stepping into an experience of life, but that doesn't change who you are. You're acting. So I remember when I was playing Paul, there was one night that I got especially into the role and and the girl that played opposite me, who's one of my dearest friends, she had said to me right before the show, she said, you know what? You're, you're not slapping me hard enough because there's a moment where Paul just slaps Lily to wake her up. And she goes, every time you slap me, you always pull back and, 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 and you got to slap me. And I was like, all right. I said, I'll slap you. She goes, I mean, you know, not, don't kill me, but slap me. So I was like, all right. And she told me that 
when we, we had dressing rooms that had a door between us. So she was telling me that. And then I, we went off and we're doing the show. And that night I was so, I was so into playing Paul. And, and Paul had this, this, this walk that he had, to, you know, because he was crippled and he used to be a ballet dancer. Talk about being depressed. And so we got to the part of the slap and I had just sang her face and she came up and we had this scene and I slapped her, silly. And she, she looked at me and grabbed her face but for the rest of the show, she had my handprint on her face because I slapped her that hard. And so for the rest of the show, I was in and out of character. So she would come up to say a line to me and I'd be like, part of me is like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And the other part of me is still Paul. And I remember when it was over, uh, when we got back to our dressing room, I would like bounced into her dressing room. I was like, Joanna, I am so sorry. And she goes, I told you to slap me. She goes, it's fine, it's totally fine. I said, okay, but I can't slap you that hard again. She goes, why? I said, because I forget who I am when I leave that kind of mark on you. I started forgetting who I was in the midst of this. And she looked at me and she just said, you're James Mellon playing Paul. What else is there to know? And I, I remember that so specifically. I was like, you're James Mellon playing Paul. Get over it, Blanche. Slap me and move on with the play. Well, that's what I'm asking you to look at in your life, you know? What changes you? What, what has changed you in your life where you forgot you were God playing all of this? Where did you start taking this so frigging seriously that we get so caught up in a presidential election, we forget who we are. We're so miserable, we don't even remember who we are. I think it's time, certainly with, what do we have, 48 days left, 46 days left before this election, and then whatever happens after it. I think it's time for you and for me to change back into who you are and know that you are never anything other than God. You will never be anything other than God. You will never be any less than or more than the most creative, dynamic, successful, prosperous, healthful, loving individual in the entire universe that can never change. So stop taking your acting roles so frigging seriously. Just change back into James Mellon playing Paul or into Audrey Larson playing Mother Teresa, or into whoever you are, playing whatever you are, but be reminded, don't let this stuff change you. Change back into who I see you as, because guess what? I see you. Now you have to see you. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.